We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And, of course, you can always head over and check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-hosts Maggie Loney and Andrew Mertig. It's a Friday show, you guys. How are you feeling this week? Doing really good. Maybe we don't like the pretty factor of Sunday, but it is nice to be coming into this this week uh, riding high off of the win. And then you have to really like the schedule coming up, right? Like the next four weeks, it looks like the Packers are going to be pretty heavily favored in, in all four matchups. So I'm I'm doing great. Maggie, how are you doing? Yeah, I was going to say, you can't really complain when you're sitting at two and one and you get two of your worst road games of the season over with early. So the Packers can go on a little bit of a tear here. And we've got Thursday Night Football on, one of the probably prettiest jersey matchups I think I've ever oh. seen. <laughs> love the Bengals all white. So it's, it's a good, good football week. Absolutely. We love the Bengals white. So lots of fun there. Huge win against Tampa, of course. That uh, victory Monday kind of bled into Tuesday. That high lasted a little bit longer uh, than normal, even. It felt good to finally beat the Bucks. But uh, as we said, the Packers are back at home. They get to host the New England Patriots this week, who may or may not have Mac Jones for this one. We don't know. Uh, but we are back to help you guys get ready for this one with another round of key matchups and X factors. And as we always do, we're going to dive into the Patriots, their roster, and talk about which matchups are going to be tipping points in the game. But then, of course, at the end of the show, we won't get out of here without sharing our X Factor predictions for the week. Uh, but let's go ahead and get started, you guys. Guys and Maggie, let's have you uh, get us going with what is your first key matchup for this game when Green Bay does take on the Patriots. Yeah, you kind of said it already. I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit this week, and 
I think Mac Jones, you know, he said he's got the high ankle sprain. He'll miss likely several weeks. That's what's been reported. I know that there was some Twitter reports that he was in the locker room kind of telling teammates like not to count him out for Sunday's game, but I'm skeptical of that. I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, that said, the backup quarterback situation in New England is Brian Hoyer, who has a 16 and 23 record as a starter around the league, thrown 53 career touchdowns and 35 picks. He's, but he's an experienced backup, right? Like he's an NFL vet. He knows how to run an NFL offense. So I think during the first three weeks of the season, Mac Jones had thrown only two touchdowns compared to five interceptions. So Hoyer, I would think, will come in and do a better job protecting the football on Sunday. Um, but that said, I don't think that the points are going to come easy for this Patriots offense because Green Bay's defense has allowed only two touchdowns in the last two weeks, with one of those coming, as we know, during the last seconds of regulation in Tampa. So to me, one of the key matchups here is just Brian Hoyer against a Packers defense that currently is boosting the league's um, or boasting the league's best third down defense, which I was surprised when I found that out. Um, but they're allowing a conversion percentage of just 22.6%. So that's only seven successful third down conversions on 31 attempts. So you make it a long day for Brian Hoyer in the offense through the air. And I think the Packers defense, you know, thrives in this environment. All right. So I get to kind of continue on that theme of making it a long day for Brian Hoyer, whoever this quarterback ends up being. And uh, that's the Patriots interior offensive line versus Kenny Clark. And eventually, you guys, I am going to shut up about Kenny Clark. Or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just keep doing this because he's an impact player every single week. And when you keep giving him juicy matchups, you've got to talk about it, right? Uh, but this Patriots offensive line, it's actually pretty decent. Their tackles, Trent, ba- Trent Brown and Isaiah Wynn, are actually holding up really nicely. Uh, they have one interior guy, Michael uh, Oweno, at guard, who is actually playing really, really well. Uh, but as they say, a chain is only as strong as its weakest Link and the Patriots have two weak links on this offensive line. David Andrews, the center, and rookie guard, I'm sorry, first round pick Cole Strange, the guard there. Uh, both of these guys have been pretty bad to start the season, right? In fact, uh, center Andrews grades as the 32nd center in football and pass protection. Uh, there are 32 teams in the NFL for those of you who are counting at home. Um, on the flip side, does anybody want to guess who the best interior pass rusher is in the NFL right now for PFF? Is it Kenny Clark? It is Kenny Clark. So <laughs> <laughs> I think that Kenny's going to go nuts on Sunday night. And I think that Maggie's right that this is going to be a long, long day for Brian Hoyer or Mac Jones or whoever's under center there for New England. And I think a big reason for that is going to be Clark and the interior of this offensive line collapsing early and often. Yeah. And you know, Brian Hoyer, Mac Jones, not the most mobile of quarterbacks to begin with. Mac Jones on one leg. Uh, watch out, because if uh, Rashawn and Preston could just pin their ears back and rush from the outside, uh, they're going to force whoever it is to step up in the pocket right into Kenny's awaiting arms, and he could have a monster, monster game. I'm going to go with the combo of Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, so the Patriots tight ends versus Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker. And we already established the Packers are going to be focused on the Patriots run game. And we know the talent level of the New England wide receivers versus the Packers cornerbacks favors Green Bay immensely. So it figures Belichick would turn to those two high-priced tight ends and say, like, just go win this matchup. 
The issue is the Patriots have not used Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith very well at all. In fact, they have less than 100 yards receiving combined for the season. That's pretty sad when you factor in that these are the number one and number eight highest paid tight ends in the NFL, respectively. So given the limitations that New England faces offensively, I do expect them to try to get the ball to the tight ends at some point. But if Devondre and Quay can continue their play, I don't think that is going to be a very successful endeavor for the New England offense. Yeah, so my second uh, matchup here is Aaron Rodgers versus the confines of the Matt LaFleur scheme. And that is obviously a joke, but I, I mean, I do think it's pretty wild that we're going into our fourth game preview together and we've yet to talk about the four-time MVP quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in any real detail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So through three games, Rodgers has thrown four touchdowns and two interceptions. He's had 94 attempts with 68 completions for 684 yards. And what's funny about that is, I mean, these are good numbers. They're respectable numbers. Yet when we think about, you know, the expectations that we have for Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback and how we've been spoiled for 18 seasons, four touchdowns in three games is like underwhelming and two picks is unheard of for him through three games. So it's early in the season. Obviously, we've only seen three weeks of game action, but I brought this up on PAX, what she said, and then I brought it up again on Twitter as a thread because it's so interesting to me. But right now, Aaron Rodgers actually has the best completion percentage of his career. He's at 72.3% for completion percentage. And if you take out the two games that he played in 2017 or in 2007, before he became a starter, his next three highest season totals for completion percentage are 2020, uh, 2021 and 2011. And obviously we know that he won three of his four MVPs during that span. So we've seen less shot plays from him. Uh, we've seen this offense kind of getting into a rhythm through three three games so far. Packers are really spreading the ball around. You know, it's a quick, rhythmic kind of passing game. And it's working, I think, for the offense. And yes, you can argue that they're 27th in the league right now in points four. But I think we're seeing the pieces, you know, really working the way that Matt LaFleur envisions them and Rodgers envisions them moving forward. So the fact that it was working so well against a Buccaneers defense that is arguably the best or one of the best in the NFL, I think says a lot about, you know, what we're hoping that this Packers offense can be. And if Rodgers plays into that scheme the way that we know that he can, I think we're going to see some dividends for that, you know, moving forward in the year as the receivers get more comfortable with him and he gets more comfortable running the offense without a guy like Devontae Adams. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so, I mean, I love everything that you said, and I think that there's something to this whole, like, the tradition of Aaron Rodgers playing well and the Packers winning football games without Devontae Adams, and it is exactly what you said, leaning into that scheme and trusting to be able to spread the ball around. So I think we can continue to expect to see that, especially as they just have to figure out what they have in these young wide receivers. And I do get to talk about those wide receivers a little bit because my next matchup here is the Packers wide receivers versus Jalen Mills. Okay. Uh, The Patriots have Jonathan Jones at corner and he has been a stud through the first three weeks. He's PFF's highest graded corner. And that in and of itself is going to be a fun matchup with whoever he sees throughout the game from the Packers being the wide receiver on the other side. But the other matchup to watch is Jalen Mills because there are times that he's going to see Lazard, but it's likely that he's going to see a good bit of these rookies as well, right? Dobbs, Watson, if he's available, it looks like that's maybe more likely than it was a couple days ago. And I really think that these guys could go crazy if they get that opportunity. Mills has been cooked by Jalen Waddell. He's been cooked by Rashad Bateman over the last couple weeks. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury, so that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Um, we know PFF, it's not the world, right? It's not everything, but it kind of gives you that ballpark for how these guys are performing. PFF has graded 103 corners through three weeks of the NFL season. Jalen Mills has only been better than two of those corners in the entire NFL. So it's been a rough go, and I'm sure that hamstring is not helping. But with the way that Dobbs played on Sunday and the ridiculous speed that we know that Christian has when he's right, I really think that Jalen Mills is going to give up a big play or maybe two or maybe three uh, to somebody in this Packers wide receiver room, and I just really can't wait to see it. Yeah, and that certainly would be great for the Packers offense to get the confidence to to get some of those shot plays into some of the young guys and and start opening it up a little bit. Another thing that's going to help the Packers open it up a little bit is Aaron Jones. And so my second key matchup is Aaron Jones against the Patriots linebackers. And like if if you look at it overall and both of you have addressed this, Patriots defense is pretty good. And especially I think their defensive line is relatively good, but the Packers have been doing a really nice job the last two weeks, getting those players blocked and getting the running backs to the second level. And that was very successful against a bad bears defense and then less successful against the duo of Levante David and Devin white. So how can the Packers fare this week? Well, the Patriots have uh, somebody named Jawan Bentley He is PFF's highest rated linebacker for the Patriots, but sits at 27th in the league. So that's not ideal for your number one linebacker. And then you go even a little bit deeper and his 54.4 grade against the run is dragging that score down even further. So this is this is a linebacker who is getting propped up largely on his coverage grade. The other two linebackers who have taken snaps are two former high draft picks who wash out with their former teams. You have Mac Wilson, who is ranked 75th out of 78 linebackers. And Raquan McMillan, he's unranked just because of his snap count. He only has 54 snaps, but has a brutal, brutal 28.0 grade. So, you know, in fairness, Mac Wilson is relatively average against the run, but I'm not going too far down 
too far out on a limb to say that this is a really bad linebacker group. And I think Aaron Jones can absolutely expose them. The Packers can just get some hats on the defensive linemen. That's not necessarily factoring in A.J. Dillon, which we know, you know, might be a little bit limited with the injury news. But this is just another area the Packers can exploit this defense and I think really, really uh, open this one up. Yeah, so those are the key matchups that we're kind of keying in on this week. See what I did there? That was an accident. But (laughs) (laughs) let's talk about now the X factors that we have for the Patriots going into Lambeau Field against the Packers. Yeah, so I've picked wide receivers each of the first three weeks, and I have been swinging and missing. Uh, I was joking last week that I was always one week too early on everybody because I picked Sammy Watkins week one, who had big week two. Picked Christian Watson, uh, who didn't have the big, <laughs> the big week uh, two and then didn't play in week three. Uh, and I picked Christian Watson twice in a row. Of course, last week I did say, like, if Watson doesn't play, Romeo Dobbs is the guy, but it seems a little obvious. So I'm going to switch away from wide receivers this week and go with uh, somebody on the defense, Kingsley Inigbare. The Packers have been using a very light edge rotation the first few weeks. In, in fact, Enigbare has only had 37 defensive snaps. John Garvin has only gotten 27. And then you compare that to the starters. Preston Smith has 141 snaps already, and Rashawn Gary has 128. And I have to imagine that's going to change going forward. The the Packers coaching staff knows they're just going to run these guys into the ground if they keep playing at this snap percentage. And so, especially, you're going into a stretch. You have four a little bit easier opponents. So I think we're going to see that edge rotation start to even out a little bit. And Enigbari has been pretty good so far. His run defense has been stellar, and I think he's on his way to making an impact as a pass rusher. So I believe this is a game where he's going to see more opportunities on third down, and I'm calling for him to get home for his first career sack. That's really fun, and he has been. I don't know if he's a nice surprise, because I think there were a lot of people who were really excited, but he's played very well to start this season. It's been a lot of fun to watch. But I'm going to talk about someone here who I'm a little bit torn on. I feel really good about this prediction as an X factor, but you talked about Aaron Jones, right? I'm going to talk about A.J. Dillon here as my X factor, and I know he's on that injury report this week taking care of that knee. Uh, So maybe this gets blown up and Aaron Jones just ends up with an even bigger day. But I just think that the Packers get a couple big plays early in this game. I think they get out to a bit of a lead, and I think they want to wear out that New England defense and chew up some clock. And I do think they might want to take the opportunity to save Aaron Jones a little bit of that wear and tear of that, you know, grinding out those hard yards if they can. Jones and Dylan have been relatively even in their snap snap percentage and in their touches the last two weeks. Uh, But I think this is a game that lends itself to Dylan, and I think he could be featured throughout the game, but especially in that second half as the Packers try to close this one out. So A.J. Dylan for that X-Factor pick. Yeah, so I'm going to take Robert Tanyan for mine. And to me, it's the fact that the Patriots have given up three touchdowns to tight ends in week three against the Ravens. Mark Andrews went off. He had eight receptions for 89 yards and two touchdowns. And then Josh Oliver had two receptions for eight yards, and one of them happened to be a touchdown. So, you know, Tanyan, I think, had his best game of the season. You know, obviously so far in week three against the Bucs, he hauled in six of seven targets for only 37 yards, but he played a 58% 
um, of snaps on offense. And that's the first time that he's eclipsed 40% so far. So you can tell that LaFleur and Rodgers are really trying to work him back into the offensive game plan. Um, with those seven targets, he's also jumped to second on the team with 14 targets behind only Romeo Dobbs, who has 16. So I expect him to continue to grow into his role, the role that he had previously kind of in that large um uh, especially red zone threat for this offense. And, you know, tight ends coach uh, John Dunn had made his media availability this week and said that, you know, that Tunyon was making strides for the offense and he's getting comfortable. And kind of the way you bounce back from an ACL injury is just to get out there and realize that every time you take a step, you're not going to re-injure yourself. So he said that Tunyon's getting a lot more comfortable out there. They've increased his snap counts. And Rogers kind of echoed that too, you know, on his own presser. So you can tell that the team is really ready for Tunyon to get more involved. And I think we're going to see that on Sunday. So Andrew called his shot, and I'm going to call mine and say that Big Bob gets his first touchdown of the season on Sunday against the Patriots. Yeah, so then those are our X factors. And what we talk about next is what is the path to victory? So this can take a couple different forms. What's the Packers' path to victory, I think, is what we talk about most of the time. But then in addition, what what can the opponents do to come out victorious um, on this upcoming Sunday? And for me, I kept it really simple this week. I think just playing assignment sound football is enough for Green Bay. I, I think there's a pretty significant talent discrepancy in this game. And everything that we've talked about so far, I think, uh, collaborates that. And so if if the Packers play the way that they did against the Bucks, I think they walk away with a multiple score win. This this Patriots offense faces the same offensive limitations as Tampa Bay, but they don't have the defense to lean on that the Buccaneers did. So every team is a threat in the NFL, certainly. But that is especially true um, when you're talking about the greatest football coach in history. So don't let them out scheme you. Run your scheme. Get off the field. Don't commit a bunch of stupid penalties. Uh, play solid special teams, which, hey, we can we can finally be confident <laughs> in, and convert in the red zone. And at the end of the game, I, I think if most of those things happen, the Packers should be coming out with a victory. Yeah, so Andrew kept this simple, and I'm going to do the same thing. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Packers just needing to come with focus and energy to this football game because obviously the Tampa win was huge. Getting a win over the Bucks is great for the standings. It's great for team morale, something that the, the Packers just needed to win that football game, I think. But it could be easy to look past the Patriots after that big win. And Matt LaFleur said this week, you just can't do that in this league. We've seen this team lay eggs in the past against opponents that they definitely should have handled with some ease. We think about maybe the Chargers game from a couple of years ago. Uh, and Andrew said it, you just can't dismiss a coach like Bill Belichick. He's going to have his team ready to go. This is a game that Green Bay absolutely should win with relative ease, especially considering the quarterback issue. But they have to show up and they have to be focused and they have to play with good energy. So that's my path to victory is just showing up and, and playing with good energy. Yeah, mine is to win the turnover turnover battle. And I mean, we kind of touched on this last week, but and you can argue that every week it is a key to victory. If you don't turn the ball over, your chances of winning increase. But the Packers are still kind of struggling to protect the football and they remain minus two in turnover differential right now. In week three, Aaron Jones had the fumble at the goal line that, you know, arguably wiped seven points off the board. Um, then Aaron Rodgers threw that interception on what he thought was a free play based on kind of the way the DB had turned Tunyon around. But that's two more turnovers given up by the Packers. And yes, the caveat there is that they did force two fumbles of their own against the Bucks in return. But 
The Patriots are currently 31st in the NFL in team turnovers allowed uh, with eight turnovers through three weeks. And that's five interceptions for Mac Jones and then three fumbles lost. And some for some context there, the Packers have five turnovers through three weeks, two picks and three fumbles. So the Packers are the better football team here. And I don't think it's close when I say that. But like you guys have said, it's Bill Belichick. You can't let the Belichick Patriots hang around and you can't give them extra opportunities to put up points. But if the Packers play clean football at Lambeau Field, they force a couple mistakes from New England. I really see this being a two score victory for the Packers. Yeah, and so I, I think it's almost more difficult for us to pick these keys to victory when you feel like the opponent has a talent disadvantage. And so I, I think all three of those things really focused in on if the Packers play the game that they need to, they should come out with a victory um, unless there's some glaring omission that we're just not seeing. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that that gives a lot of confidence heading into the weekend. Uh, but that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Packer Day Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Check out Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and consider giving us a five-star rating if you like what we're doing. Uh, you can catch uh, the Packet Day Happy Hour on Fridays at 4.30 p.m. Central. And then also on Tuesdays, uh, you can you can catch the uh, Packer uh live pack a day live i should say um <laughs> and so a lot of really awesome guests that have been going through that and so you should should all check that out if you haven't yet you can catch kyle maggie and myself every single friday next week we'll be back previewing the packers week five matchup against the new york giants in london thanks for listening and as always remember The ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.